Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galanti along with Andrew P. Shea. And our show is brought to you by 409tailgateclub.com. Yes, this is the place for your uh, barbecue sauces, your barbecue rubs, your Bloody Mary mix, and now the coffee barbecue rubs. Andrew P. and I could both attest to it. We both enjoyed the product over the holidays, made some great meals with it. And you will enjoy it also. Just head over to 409tailgateclub.com. You'll see all their great products. Andrew, it's middle of January. There's not supposed to be any news going on now. It's the off season. But it's just one thing after another, isn't it? It never slows down, Jimmy. When are you going to realize that? There's a reason we do this 52 weeks a year. <laughs> Right? Exactly right. And just, you know, for full disclosure, if there's some recent news that we don't get to, full disclosure, we're recording a little bit earlier than normal this week because of some scheduling conflicts. So if there's a new wide receiver coach, I'm sorry. We'll talk about it next week. Let's talk about some of the news that we do have. Uh, We'll get to the wide receiver coach and Taylor Stubblefield because I want to get your take on it, Andy. But first, let's go to more of the positive side, the good news. And we got a new commitment for class of 24. Yes, Penn State is still linebacker. You brought in Anthony Specka, a linebacker commitment from Pennsylvania, Andrew. Yeah, he's he's a machine, right? Um, He is... He's technically just really sound. Um, he plays in the middle of Pittsburgh Central Catholic's 4-3 defense. Uh, he's a capable blitzer. He's got great, great instincts. He's 6'2", 220. I think he's a Rivals 250 guy. He's a four-star recruit. And, and I liked what he said about his commitment, right? This is what he had to say. He said, it's, linebacker, it's LBU, Linebacker University. I think with defensive analyst Dan Connor. Great linebacker for Penn State, by the way. And defensive coordinator Manny Diaz, they are looking to really bring that back. Well, yeah, I think it was back already. Hello, Micah Parsons. Um, The linebackers had a great year, and I see a lot of open-minded, competitive individuals, or excuse me, like-minded, competitive individuals who push and root for one another. A little bit of the culture and a little bit of the success sort of swung his recruitment, but... He gets off blocks really well. I like him a lot. And a couple other schools on his list, Ohio State, Michigan. Eh, that never hurts if you're a Penn State, if you get one in your Penn State. And those schools were really after the guy as well. So including, he had a long list. Notre Dame was on the list. Michigan State was on the list. Maryland wanted him. A bunch of schools wanted him. It's because he's so sound, I think. He's technically just, a very proficient football player at his craft already coming out of his junior year and going into his senior year of high school. And, you know, Andy, we've talked about 
why Taylor Stubblefield is no longer with us, and we talked a bit about, you know, how has he been doing recruiting. But if you look at this linebacker room the last couple seasons now for recruiting, you had uh, Abdul Carter, and we haven't seen him yet, but I think he's going to be something special also is Keon Wiley. The class of 23, Tony Rojas, Tamir Robinson. We got Keys also. So is this um, the Manny Diaz factor into this with all these linebackers these couple years? I think it's I think it's a small part the Manny Diaz effect because it's a one-year window that you're looking at, right? I think the bigger component of it, it's got to be Micah Parsons, right? Like, because even for Micah, like, he was a timeshare linebacker's first year, and he didn't play full-time. He played one full season. Now, he himself is a freak, but the way they use linebackers in this defense, I thought, you know, I like the way Brent Pry did it. I like even better the way Manny Diaz does it. Um, I told you at the beginning of the year, Penn State fans, and I will keep saying this, he's a mad scientist when it comes to after the line of scrimmage and how he uses guys at different positions. It is it is really cool to watch him sort of, you know, probe and peck at another team and figure it out. And he does figure it out. The only team he didn't figure it out this year was against Michigan. And once he does, that team gets its meat hooks into you and they are flying around to the football. So that is an opportunity for linebackers, not only to play north and south going forward at the front level, but Manny Diaz uses them a lot going you know south to north, sort of using them in pass coverage and disguising them. And he'll blitz some. He'll drop some back into coverage and head out to the flats. He uses them in a lot of different ways. And they should want to come play there. They really should. Okay, Andy, let's move from linebacker to wide receiver. Before we talk about the players that came in, this is my first chance to talk to you since uh, Taylor Stubblefield was let go. Quick thoughts on the dismissal of Taylor Stubblefield. Yeah, it. I think it had – so I don't think it had to do – I don't know if the development of the position was – lacking from his level, but the the entire package just wasn't what James was looking for. Maybe a little bit on the development level. I, I think he's, I don't think he's been recruiting at the level James wants him to recruit at for the position. I mean, one ride receiver in the 23 class, there was four in the 22 class, but in a year when freshmen got on the field, you know, they used Mitchell Tinsley and how much did they contribute in? I mean, Harrison Wallace from the 2021 class, he's a maybe. So the guys that they have recruited, the guys that he has recruited, they haven't really lived up to the billing. And that starts with the recruiting. It hasn't been an elite recruited position for Penn State the last couple of years. And I think that has something, might have something to do with it. But I just think James is paid to make the overall big picture decisions and he didn't see it and he didn't like it. And that's his prerogative. That is what he is paid to do. He's very good at it. And he knows if one particular position, say for example, isn't up to what he thinks it is, he gets to go shopping for somebody new. And I think if you look over the last two seasons, Andy, you had 
players come into the program at almost every other position and be major contributors, even incoming freshmen. At wide receiver, Mitchell Tinsley came in, was good as a transfer portal. But other than that, we were waiting for that third receiver to show himself this past year, and he never did. They only brought in one more receiver in this class. And then, and I'm sure some of this is coincidence, but we've been talking about bringing wide receivers in from the portal for a couple months. And the very week that uh, Stubblefield is let go, we see two of them come on board. So coincidence? Could be. Maybe not. Maybe there's some... But what I do wonder, Andy, is with the commitment of these two wide receivers from the transfer portal, do they know who the new coach will be? You and I do not yet. As we record this, he has been named. But let's take a look at those two wide receivers. The most recent one is Malik McLean, wide receiver in the portal from Florida State. What sticks out to me, Andy? Six foot four. He's the big receiver that this team's been looking for. Yeah, and and Florida State had a bit of a scholarship threshold issue, and he's had two years at Florida State, and he's he's a four star prospect. And you could say he by Florida State standards, maybe he's underperformed a little bit for them. Maybe there wasn't quite as much opportunity. I mean, he's played in twenty five games, but he only has thirty three catches and less than four hundred yards, four touchdowns. Not great numbers, but yeah, they might know who the coach is, but there is also, you and I will not disagree on this. There is great opportunity for a program that has elevated itself into a top 10 team and a top 10 team going into next year. That's the most wide open opportunity lace position on Penn State's roster. They see that as well, I think. And the other one's Dante Cephas. He was top of the list from the beginning, wasn't he, Jimmy? It was like transfer portal opens, Dante Cephas from Kent State. They wanted him. They needed him. I think it was really important uh, for them to get him. He, he's he been a number one receiver before, right? In 21, he had 80, 2021, he had 82 catches and 1,240 yards and nine touchdowns when Kent State threw it all over the lot. And receivers were always going to get a bit of numbers. He battled injuries this past year a little bit. Production was down. He didn't play as much, but... He has number one, wide receiver, number one potential written all over him, and Penn State saw it too, I think. they. It was obvious that they needed to, just like a year ago with Mitchell Tinsley bringing him in, that's what Dante Cephas, Cephas reminds me of. Here's a guy who's put up big numbers at a smaller school, looking to do it now at a bigger name school, and you have the Drew Aller factor in there too. Which has to help, Andy. Yeah, I mean, look, you've got an elite, you know, sort of elite armed, lots of skills, you know, show pony coming in to take over at the quarterback position. And the one thing about Cephas is, you know, like I, I noted is he's he is productive. Even this year, he was injured and 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 saw limited action, but he still had almost 50 catches. This is for a guy who's a little bit hobbled and trying to, you know, fight to get on the field and keep himself healthy enough to be able to run his routes. And he still had 48 catches. So 
He's productive. And what Penn State needs at the wide receiver position more than anything. Now, going from the MAC to the Big Ten, yeah, that's a step. But they, they're not concerned that this guy can do it. They need production, consistent production at the wide receiver position. And he has all the elements coming out of the transfer portal. And he's got more than anybody on the roster when he stepped foot on campus. Andy, real quick, <laughs> who among the youngsters at wide receiver do you look at as being able to step up? So in a, in a nutshell, real quick, I think it's Keandre Lambert-Smith. I think he showed more elements than anybody. I think it's him. He has more potential than anybody. I think he can contribute majorly with Drew Aller at quarterback. All right, that is it for quarter number one. In quarter number two, with James Franklin having to hire a wide receiver coach, let's take a look at his coaching hire history. We'll do that next. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at keystonesportsnetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Andy Shea. Quarter number two of our show, Andy, I want to talk about James Franklin's history of coaching hires with Penn State. But before we get to that, I just want to wrap up something we were talking about at the end. I I kind of gave you about 15 seconds at the end to talk about any of the receivers that you thought might step up. You mentioned uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith. 
if I had enough time, I would have nixed your answer because I was talking about like the next generation. Lambert Smith's been around for a couple of years. He's been a starter. I think he did step up late in the season, Michigan State game, Rose Bowl, you know, when Parker Washington wasn't out there. But how about about this next generation? Anyone stick out to you? Trey Wallace, Caden Saunders, uh, the younger Clifford, uh, Malik Mega, any one of them that you say you think can be the next guy to step up? Of those names, I, I, I haven't seen anything that tells me anything that I see, even a glimmer in even a glimmer of that, Jimmy, to be honest with you. I mean, the closest I would say would be maybe Wallace, but I don't know if he qualifies under your under your standards. I, he catches the ball. Right. Like if he can figure out the sort of make the easy catches, I mean, he makes some of the hard catches, but he he drops some of the easy catches where and they stand out because I think he knows sort of how to get himself open and where he needs to be to get the ball. It's just catch the ball. And, you know, that's not as easy as it sounds. It sounds pretty simple. It's not as easy as you might think, but. He's got the other elements that make him, that give me that hope. But of the four guys you mentioned, I just don't see it, Jimmy. Well, I will just mention that there was a guy by the name of Mike Gazicki who seemed to really have a problem holding on to the ball when he was a young player. He seemed to get over it. All right, let's talk about this. James Franklin um, bringing in a new wide receiver coach. It got me thinking – how do you compare this to other coaching hires he's made? I put it, I compared it to the Kirk Shiraka deal. Now, Shiraka only had one year here. It was the COVID year. I think Shiraka got a bit of a raw deal. I think he did okay while he was here under difficult circumstances. But this is not about being fair. These guys are highly compensated to perform. And James Franklin had someone out there with Mike Yursich who he just liked better. Is that a fair comparison of what's going on now here with Stubbefield? I don't know if he uh, – that's a good question, Jimmy. I'm not sure he he might – I mean, he's James, right? Like he's going to have a guy that he wants. He always has a list, right? He always has sort of the next ones. Um I think he's got, you know, he knows who he wants. Can he get him? I don't know. I think the combination of letting the guy go, I think it, in this case it was more of I've given it, it's been more than a year, and I just don't see what I'm looking for. And I think when it comes to, you know, when it comes to, you know, Stumpfield, that's what I think has happened at the wide receiver position. I just don't think he's happy with the position Overall, whether it's the recruitment, <clears throat> I think they, he's done a good job of developing sort of mediocre receivers and turning them into wide receiver ones that were very productive, but that's just not all of it. So he's just not happy overall with the position. So I don't think it's necessarily somebody out there has got the glint of his eye and he's got to get, got to get rid of his wide receiver coach to do it. And it, one year cutting the tie like he did with Shiraka. This has been a little bit longer time period, and I just think it's it's never developed the way he sees it, and that is really important. 
because that was a Shiraka thing. Shiraka and Sean Clifford just did not mesh. It was COVID. It was difficult. That was the problem. Kirk Shiraka and, you know, Sean Clifford regressed from 19 to 20. Sean Clifford, the quarterback. You can't have that happen to a young quarterback then, not the 24-year-old, six-year senior. You can't have it happen to your quarterback then with a new offensive coordinator. That's not good. Plus, Yursich was out there and wanted to come to Penn State. That made a big difference as well. But this one, I think, is a little bit different, but it has some of the same elements. What's your confidence level in James Franklin bringing a guy in? Oh, Jimmy, that should be in quarter number three and ask Andy. Uh, 70% because I don't think this is, I don't, I think he's got a guy, but I don't think the guy he wants might necessarily be available. And I don't have any information that tells me anything. I just think, I just think he had to make a change at the position. And now he's got a little bit of time to figure out who he wants to put there and what he's looking for. That's the only reason I put it at 70%. And I have no doubt he has a list. I have zero doubt that he's got a list of who he wants and who he'd like to fill that position. See, I'll go, I'll go further. I think he, before he even made the move, I think there's a good chance he knew who he was bringing in. And the next phase to this is, well, how confident are you in James Franklin's ability to bring people in? I think his current staff is very, very good. I think if you go up and down the line, you know, Jawan Sider at the running backs coach, you got to be very happy with him. Ridiculous. Ty Howell is recent in bringing him in with the tight ends, but you got to be pretty happy with not only the tight ends performance, but how they keep bringing them in. That's a very deep position. Troutwine, I believe was very, very highly thought of before he came in. It felt like it took a while, but the offensive line is both turning around in performance on the field, the recruiting has looked very good. On the defensive side of the ball, those guys in the defensive backfield, Terry Smith, Poindexter, you know, where we sit with safeties and cornerbacks, got to be very happy with that. The defensive coordinator, you know I'm a monster Manny Diaz fan, and he also handles the linebackers, and that recruiting has been exceptional these last couple years. So it feels like James Franklin, the current staff that he's put together, coaching staff, he's done a really good job. We're seeing it both the performance and in the recruiting. And, oh, by the way, they got themselves a five-star quarterback. Yeah, I mean, so when you're talking about those, you kind of group them together and you look at them as individual parts, right? So Anthony Poindexter in the safety, the job he's done at that position from watching from football wise and development and where the position was, which wasn't bad, but wasn't great, but never developed recruits or they couldn't get the right guys in. It wasn't killing him, but it wasn't helping. He has totally flipped that script. The longer you can hold on to him as your co-defensive coordinator. Hello, knock, knock, maybe next man up because you're not going to keep Manny Diaz for very long. Um, He has done fantastic 
work at the safety position. He did it at Purdue, and then he's been given more talent to do it at, with at Penn State, and it's the same trend. So that is that is a coach. I mean, Brisker and Jair Brown, end of story. Those are his two guys, and you look at the position going into next year, boom. Troutwine's been a work in progress. Remember, before the season, Jimmy, we talked about, you know, this is the first year Phil's had all his guys. Let's see what it looks like now. Huge step forward, right? Um, Terry Smith is just a pro, right? He's a coaching pro. He's been there at right by James the entire time. Yursich, it's coming, dude. He's wicked smart. This year, I think he proved to me that he's not only innovative, but he's wicked smart. And he was a nice match for Sean Clifford. Now he's got a show pony at that position. Let's see what he does with it. That's going to be something that's going to be fun to watch. And the last one is Manny Diaz, which is just straight up stealing. I mean, he just literally stole that guy out of Miami. Hey, James had the guts to make the phone call, right? James is like, you know what? I'm going to call him. I don't know where he's at, what he's thinking, but I'm going to call him. And it paid off in spades. Huge payoff on that front, on the Manny Diaz front. Maybe you get another year out of him as your D.C., Maybe, but two, if he do, if he coordinates his defense again in 2023 for Penn State and it looks like it did or looks anything similar to what it did and there's nothing that tells you that it won't because look at all the dudes they got, This that is going to put him right back on the, well, maybe he needs to be a, ho- a head coach again, Matt. And, you know, you say about, okay, the defense has all these dudes. I'm going to borrow your expression. I think the coaching staff now has a bunch of dudes. And I didn't realize for many years the shortcomings of the coaching staff till now I'm seeing I think he's got pretty much an elite coaching staff. And to be honest with you, I I think that, you know, Taylor Stubblefield may have come across as a good coach or an average or above average coach, a good coach, however you want to put it. But James Franklin is demanding more than that right now. And it feels like he's done a good job at putting those people in those positions. And he's also gotten away from a couple years ago, the knock was he's too loyal. He's loyal to a fault to his guys. Yeah, not anymore. No, you've got to perform. Uh, One other aspect to this, Andy, is – you get to feel the way he's happy with the AD, happy with the administration. The renegotiation of his own contract means he now has the financial wherewithal also to bring in the right guys. So James is a, a for 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 what his you know the the very few shortcomings that you know he is a great CEO and head football coach of a college football program because of like the 16 other things that matter and are important as well. He does them better than almost anybody on a consistent basis. And that's because he's very committed and organized and passionate about what he's doing. And he makes sure that that level doesn't drop. That's why he's a great CEO and the head football coach for a major college program. I, I will never 
ever say anything but that about him. On that note, Andy, we're going to finish up quarter number two. Next segment, quarter number three, we take your questions and ask Andy. Stay tuned for that. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at keystonesportsnetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's Andrew P. Shea. This is quarter number three, which means it's time to ask Andy. This is where we take your questions. We ask them of Andy at the end of the segment. Andy will pick out a best question, and they will win. That person will win the prize pack from the 409tailgateclub.com. It's going to be a nice selection of those coffee barbecue rubs. And if you want to ask a question of Andy, and now's a good time. Once we hit the off season, you send in your question. Good chance you'll we get it on the air. But I tell you what. Put on your question. If this is your first time asking a question, if you're a first timer, we will put you to the front of the line and get your question on the air. All right. All right. Oh, one little cleanup, Andy. In the news, I forgot to mention that uh, Jaden Dot and wide receiver has hit the portal. I don't think a big surprise to anybody there. Just want to mention that. We're at the point there's still, you know, numbers game here going on with scholarships. Sure so not everyone is on the uh, uh, on campus yet, uh, the true freshmen coming in. There's going to be more moves made. There's going to be more folks leaving the system. So uh, stay tuned. 
All right, Andy, you ready for your questions? I'm ready. Let's fire them away, Jimmy. Let's go. All right. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Andy, oh, you man. mentioned that you thought <laughs> Christian Hackenberg was better than Drew Aller, which got lots of response. Before the segment started, you wondered if you were still going to get hit with that. Not so much. Let me give you, we got the tone is a little bit different this week. This is Josh from Dallas, PA. He says, Hey, Andy, I heard your take on Drew Aller versus Hackenberg, and I understand where you're coming from. We really don't know enough yet about Aller. How about this? Someone supporting you, Andy. But here is Josh's question What do you consider to be Drew Aller's ceiling? And his floor. Wow, that is a really good question. So I think I think Drew Aller's ceiling is Penn State's offense being more explosive in that 15 to 25, 30 yard range. I think um he's not a statue, but he's a big kid. I think a a, a big, strong armed passer like that with receivers making themselves available in that range and him being that is a ceiling. I mean, if he opens up that Avenue for Penn state and they can accordion stretch a defense like that, just close your eyes and think of those running backs, then open your eyes and picture an offense that is really, really problematic. That's a ceiling. The basement is his inability to make the simple throws look and become simple for the offense. Make your checkdowns and your short throws, make your wide receiver screen, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like I think of a, a basement is, you know, there are some quarterbacks you're like, man, that guy can sling it and he can get it down the field. But then you see his two, three and five yard passes and you're like, just make the easy stuff easy. So I really think that's, uh, it's sort of like a basement level, you know, sort of development thing. And I think that was one of the things was that made him the QB two this year from the spring was he got better at the simple stuff and got so much better at it that they saw that progression that they had to move him in to the backup quarterback spot. I really believe that. So I still think that's a basement. I'll tell you what, and you bring up a good point there, Andy. I was stunned when he got the number two job going into the season. And this was especially after we saw what Christian Veyer could do a year ago. And we, we saw Aller in the spring not look very impressive. I know it was just one game. It was a spring game. But it looked like he had a long way to go. The Correct. fact that he progressed enough in the eyes of the coaches to get the number two job Then, Andy, I saw enough when he did get on the field, and kudos to the coaching staff to get him on the field as much as they did. That's not typical for James Franklin with a number two quarterback. I thought he showed a lot of poise. He showed some touch. Made me believe you were way off base in the comparison and calling Hackenberg better than him. Hey, we'll find out. There's a lot more to go. Let's get to our next question here, Andy. Let's go to Chris from the Carolinas who said, what should the Big Ten be looking for with their next commissioner? Should they be looking for an academic type? Should they look for a PR specialist? 
And what will the new boss need to do for the conference? More expansion? Ooh, I think, I, I honestly think they, um, that's a really good question, Chris. I think they need, I think they need a PR guy. Because I think when you bring in USC and UCLA to a conference already loaded with Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, you've already got brand recognition in your conference. Everybody's chasing the SEC. You're bringing in USC and UCLA in a bunch of sports, but it, we're talking about football. You're bringing in another show. You're bringing in another elite brand. I think you need a bit of a PR person to make sure that they don't make any bad choices on how they, you know, sort of set this conference up and make sure it's more relevant in the college football playoffs and give them an opportunity on whatever the college football playoffs look like going forward. You know, PR, you say PR is, is spinning it, but actually public relations is making sure you don't do dumb things and, you know, not having the season, having the season during COVID. It was a train wreck. Get a PR person in there and start hunting down the SEC at the level you're capable of because you've got enough at the high end. And If you had USC and Lincoln Riley and they're coaching and they're rolling again, you've also got, you could argue you've got more high-level elite programs possibly than the SEC. They just can't win championships like the SEC does. Georgia, Alabama, they win them. Well, you know, there's um, that's a, another discussion. I think you yeah. know, how do you get them to beat Alabama or uh, Georgia? And let's face it, um, Ohio State, a missed field goal away from perhaps being national champions this year. And in fact, I think they would have been favorites over TCU had they made that field goal at the end of the game. Uh, the difference between winning national championships or not, here's how you figure that out, Andy. Go look at the recruiting rankings for the last decade. Alabama, Georgia, they're always at the very top. Alabama for the last decade. And Ohio Ohio State. Exactly. That's my point, Andy. And that's why Ohio State has been in the playoffs and has been so close to winning a national championship and they do have a, a championship in the playoff era. I think that new commissioner is going to have to deal with, it's a changing world. They talk about a lot of television people, be, perhaps as candidates. I think that's probably a pretty good idea. We are. Because you, you, ha- you want to win the television. And I was not a big Kevin Warren fan. And, you know, I will give him credit or somebody in the Big Ten commissioner's office for bringing in USC and UCLA and probably more importantly, negotiating that new television contract yes. with all the different networks involved where you're going to have, you're going to be the big game at noon with Fox. You know, you're going to be the big game uh, late it's afternoon cool. with CBS. The and then you're going to be the big game at night with NBC, you Correct. know? That's pretty good. That's you have very three, good. You have all three windows covered. They're they're yes. killing. It. They're killing and it. The only thing I don't want to see is they had the Ohio State athletic director as one of the candidates. If you read people throwing out names out there, 
That's the one thing I don't want to. We do not need a more Ohio State centric Big Ten. We've got that already. You don't need a Big Ten centric Big Ten person. You need a non Big Ten centric person to to come in with a, a fresh eye and a fresh take on how to close this gap. So great question, though, Chris. Loved it. All right, let's go to Steve in Columbia because we just never tire of beating up Andy. Steve says, Andy, Andy, Andy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't your bold prediction going into the 22 season Penn State would beat one of the two, Ohio State or Michigan? 2023 team absolutely should be better than 22. If you look at the schedule, it sets up very favorably. We have basically four weeks to prepare for the Buckeyes, and we've got Michigan at home. I'm not saying we go undefeated, but we will beat one and perhaps even both, but I think we stumble against Illinois or Michigan State. Come on, wet blanket Andy. And then in parentheses, he has WBA. (laughs) That's his new nickname for you. Um, Aller comparable to Morelli and Hackenberg. How could you possibly say that? Please don't say that ever again. WBA. That's what he's calling you from now on, Andy. Okay, Steve. I'm not even sure there was a question in there, but I think Steve needed to get that off his chest. He needed to get it off his chest, and I'm sorry, Steve, but what tells you they're going to beat either Michigan or Ohio State? I mean, they need a quarterback too. Penn State needs a quarterback. Ohio State needs a quarterback. Yeah, you got some pretty good choices. Ohio State has three of them. Penn State has one. Michigan doesn't need a quarterback. What tells you they're going to beat one of those two teams? They're competitive. They match up better against Ohio State. Who has, for all the flash and dash you've got on Penn State's young roster, and there's plenty of it, guess who's got as much, if not more? Michigan and Ohio State. It's it's like they're the nasty neighbors in your neighborhood. They're right in your neighborhood, right in that Big Ten East. Until that dies, it's going to be a problem. So I don't think they stumble against other teams. They just have they just have too much talent they, to, to stumble against other teams. And too much of it coming back. Too much confident, comfortable talent. They're comfortable. This team is confident and comfortable in what they're doing. Yeah, Sean Clifford was a leader for them, but he wasn't a he wasn't a game changer. Their game changers, most of them are coming back. It's a big difference. Big, big difference. So I'm wet blanket though. I'm I'm taking that one. I like that one. I'm gonna agree with Steve that I believe they'll be a better team in 23, but that doesn't necessarily mean they beat Michigan and or Ohio State. That's Smart it for quarter Jimmy. number three. We'll get our winner in quarter number four. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. 
You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news, 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim. He's Andy. We're talking Penn State football. Before we get back into it, Andy, we need a winner from our Ask Andy segment. Who you got? It was tough, so that means you had some good questions, but it is Josh in Dallas who gets – that's Dallas, PA, correct, Jimmy? Correct, Not it Dallas, is. That is Dallas, PA, up off, up in the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton area, I believe. Yes, it is. Is where Dallas is. Great question about Drew Aller's basement and ceiling. I like that. Okay, now – I, I'm just thinking here, Andy, the fact is that he sort of kind of agreed with you where he said he didn't blame you for your comments about Aller. Did that create a little bit of bias in your selection of the winner? It did not, because when you asked me who I thought, I, I went straight to the actual question. But if you ask about food, I like to talk about food, too. If you, if you ask about food, that might sway me a little bit. But especially if you ask about barbecue, but uh, um, I, that might swing. I, I think you're fibbing a little bit. I think you like Josh because he agreed with you and nobody else did, which is, by the way, why Steve, who called you a wet blanket, Steve, if you were looking to win, that's a surefire way to blow your chance at a victory. All right, Andy, let's get back to the subject at hand. Uh, early in the show, we talked about some of the things going on at the portal, uh, players heading out, players heading in. I guess my question is, and we've kind of hit on this question, you know, ever since the season ended, but I think it's time to take stock and where this team is. Although there's a second commitment day, we know who the freshmen are who are coming in. We got a couple portal entries. We got a cornerback. We got two wide receivers. Time to take stock again. Where the team sits, where are there still areas of need? The transfer portal season is not over. There's going to be another one come spring. Do you spot any areas that you say, you know what? They got to do some more work there. 
uh, wide receiver. I know they've got they've got already two out of the transfer portal. the The wide receiver position is there's a there's a lot of ground to cover in that position because it, so the wide receiver position in 2022 it didn't hinder or hamper this offense, right? But it didn't help Jimmy and. The crazy part is when you look around the field at Penn State in 2022 and you look like offensive line took several steps forward because the first the expectation I had I had for their offense was don't be part of the problem and basically like, you know, <laughs> don't be an eyesore on, on when you have the ball. They were not and they even went and went beyond that. You look around the field and you're like, who is not they're meeting sort of where they need to be as an offense? And it was definitely the entire field. It was the wide receiver position. And they still managed to average 40 points a lot, uh, like 30-some or 40 points a game the last month. And, le- and in, you know, got close to that in the bowl game again. So they didn't hurt them, but they didn't necessarily help them. And I think they could really, really use that, especially with, hello, five-star show pony quarterback taking over as the next man under center. That is the single position that I see as that one needs more help than anyone. They got two out of the transfer portal. Maybe they take a third. Why not, right? Like you just lost another one going into the portal. So you keep adding guys in and out that needs to change quickly. Maybe some younger guys develop. You've talked about that possibly, hopefully, but the way I see it is wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. I'm not looking for a wide receiver one either. I'm just looking for four or five guys to be options on a consistent basis for them. That is my single greatest position of need this offseason. As far as numbers go, there are 12 wide receivers currently on the roster. So the, the quantity-wise, <laughs> there's a lot of numbers there. I'll tell you what, staying on the offensive side, Andy, not starters, let's face it. At running back, you have two studs with a couple more years of eligibility. Quarterback, you call him the show pony. You got a guy... Could they use depth at either running back or quarterback, though? I think they're bringing in another quarterback in this class. No, I don't think they can. I don't think they needed a quarterback necessarily. I really don't. Um, we know they lost Christian Bayou to the transfer portal, as they should have, because the kid's ready to play, and there's just no room at the end for him. I, I, I don't think, you know, out of the portal, you're looking for a guy that's going to be a starter or have a real opportunity to start, and that ain't happening. So maybe, maybe, maybe at the running back position, but, I mean, I don't know, Jimmy. You got you got two studs at the absolute highest level that are, you know, going to be true sophomores, and you got two more young guns coming in. Yeah, I know one's coming off a knee injury, but – I think they're comfortable with their recruited, you know, with their recruited guys in depth. I don't, Kevon Lee's now gone, so that's out of the equation. So you got four running backs. Well, they're all young. Well, so what? <laughs> you know, that's what my answer is. 
Yeah, well, they're not, they don't have a lot of experience. I don't care. They're ridiculously good. And there's nothing that says these two other young guys aren't going to bring something to the table either because they're Jay wants recruiting the position at a really high level. He's not bringing in running backs that are going to be projects anymore. He's getting studs, clearly. You know, I think a year ago with the two youngsters that were brought in, yeah, they were studs. No guarantee on these two that are coming in currently. Running back is a volatile position. It wasn't too many years ago. You know, we saw – now, I know Journey Brown – in losing him, that was an unusual kind of situation. Medically, then yeah. you will lose Noah Can on the first series of the season. Boy, it didn't take long. And here's the other thing. Maybe we'll keep seeing this where they have two running backs on the field at the same time. That would, you know, say I want more depth there. And again, the uh, youngster with the blown out knee, boy, it could take a little while for him to recover. And the idea at quarterback, again, I'm just so fearful of injury, you know, depth. Could you put someone out there? You know, I have visions of that Iowa game in 21 where, boy, you had to put in a quarterback there who really wasn't ready. And you could have something happen to two quarterbacks. It happens. Even if you're a fan of Bo Prabula, which I am. Obviously a big fan of Aller. Are you ready, if you have a game that you need to win, are you ready to put this freshman, true freshman quarterback out there? And this isn't your five-star Drew Aller we're talking about either. So it may not be easy, and it's a depth kind of guy, but I'm just saying injuries Jimmy, happen. Jimmy, you are one scarred Penn State fan, my brother. You are. You are scarred. You are like those are those are some worst case scenarios. I, you're not necessarily quote unquote wrong because, like you like to say to me, like, well, you're just wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm also looking at the 85 scholarship thing, right? That is a back end factor that kind of we get we forget about it sometimes, and it gets lost. Like, go get another running back. Well, how many scholarships do we have? That's a factor too. Right now, you've got five guys tanks on scholarship, right? No. Tank's coming back. That's five running backs on scholarship. No, no, no. Tank's not on scholarship. Tank's not on scholarship. So you got four running backs on scholarship. Do you have a fifth? Is it Tank? Is it going to walk on? Continue to be a walk on? Do you like what you have there? Sometimes that's a factor. But man, I, you had some rain falling down on that, Jimmy. Some dark rain clouds. Those who don't learn from history, Andrew. Those who don't learn. Anyway, let's go to the other side of the ball. On defense, the one spot I'm looking at is that one technique, defensive tackle. I know, I know, I know they're not easy to find. But boy, my kingdom for a 320-pound guy to plug in the middle there. Something interesting, and I just took note of this, um, Andy, when I looked at the roster of defensive tackles. P.J. Mustafer is gone. They only have one defensive tackle who's over 300 pounds, and that's Correct. Caleb Artis, who's the uh, redshirt freshman. Yep, and you know what, Jimmy? I like what they have there. I like the the quad, the quad four guys. I like the 
your top four guys. I like, I think, Hakeem Beeman, Devon Elliott, Kazai Izzard, and Zane Durant. Is there a true superstar among those four guys? No, absolutely not. But I see in the way Manny Diaz runs the defense and what he wants out of a defensive line, I see production that is vital and important. I do not see a first-team Big Ten elite guy, but the sum of the parts of those four and coming back next year and being together and being your top four guys, that's really appealing to me on many levels. And, you know, I'm not usually a glass, you know, sort of a glass half full guy. You're not wrong. Everybody wants that, you know, super stud one technique. And he doesn't even have to be a super stud. Just be PJ Mustafer and be really, really, really good, right? Slash borderline elite. That's enough. But they're really hard to find and, and everyone wants one. And if you can't, what does, if you don't have it or you haven't, it's not in your pipeline, then what can you do without it? And that's why I think with what Penn state has, that's why I like it because I see the production that is, I think is critically vital and important to the way this defense is meant to execute and coordinate it and run by Manny. See any other areas of need on defense? Where they could use another body or two? I thought they might need a corner, but they got they took care of that. Um, we're looking for the next uh, we're looking for the next in line safety, but you know I don't think Jalen Reed's really far away from that. To be honest with you, uh, he's getting really really good, Jimmy, and he continued to get really really good as the year went on. So i I struggle to find a position of need on the defensive side of the ball. I really do. They are good. They are bringing back a lot of uh dudes, as you like to say, Andy. Uh, dudes. still, I'd like to see that monster in the middle. All right, that's it, Andy. <laughs> We're out of time. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us again next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. 
truststatecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com.